Low fat used to be all the rage. Now full fat dairy is in. What about 2%? Do they even make that anymore? Should I eat it? Should I drink it? With all of the confusing and conflicting information out there, you may have thought that dairy was bad for you and your family and your gut and your grandchildren and your hormones and your step-grandma and your other hormones and everyone and everything in between. But is it? Hello and welcome to Hormone Bestie. I'm Erin, your host, your hormone bestie and registered dietitian. This is the podcast for you if you are trying to figure out your cycle, if you're ready to ditch PMS, maybe you're even trying to get pregnant, or maybe you're just a woman person or menstruator in this world trying to figure out how your body works. I am so excited to have you here, and I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Just a gentle reminder that these podcasts are for educational purposes only and are not meant to be taken as personalized guidance or advice. I want to take some time to talk about dairy because... Sometimes it's talked about as if it's the greatest thing ever, and sometimes it's talked about like it's going to ruin your entire life. In fact, I was even told once by a provider that I needed to cut dairy out of my diet to fix my cycle. Mind you, I already don't eat gluten, and to be honest, cutting out dairy was not something that I was willing to do, especially when it can be such an easy and affordable source of nutrients and protein. So today we're going to talk about why dairy could actually be beneficial for your hormone health and fertility if it's ever worth it to try cutting it out, and what kind of dairy might be best, non-fat, full fat, or the in-between. Now, I want to caveat all of this by saying if you have a lactose intolerance or dairy allergy, by the way, there is a difference that limiting dairy is obviously a good idea. If you have a lactose intolerance, you may still be able to tolerate small amounts of dairy products or certain dairy products such as aged cheese, but this should all be very personalized to you. If you have a dairy allergy, which is actually an allergy to the proteins in dairy, then it is recommended that you avoid all dairy products. The difference is that people who have a lactose intolerance are not able to tolerate or digest and break down the lactose, which is the sugar in dairy, efficiently, causing some tummy upset and some uncomfortable GI issues. This can be related to a deficiency in the enzyme lactase, which breaks down lactose. So by definition, dairy products that are lower in lactose are often easier tolerated. A dairy allergy, on the other hand, is an allergy to the proteins such as casein and or whey, which is why it's really important to be aware of the difference and avoid milk proteins if you have a dairy allergy. GI issues, especially when prolonged, can affect hormone health and fertility when there are concerns with digestion. You may have heard this before, but I love the saying, you are not what you eat, you are what you absorb and utilize. Okay, with that in mind, let's chat a bit more about dairy. Dairy products can be a super good source of specific nutrients, including vitamin D, calcium, protein, vitamin B12, zinc, selenium, and vitamin A. All probably nutrients that you have heard me talk about on other podcast episodes for supporting different aspects of your hormone health and fertility, which is why I think dairy can be a really good option when used appropriately. Because all of these nutrients are important for thyroid health, gut health, our immune systems, inflammation, and so much more. So then why are people so against dairy for hormone health? We're going to jump into some of the really popular reasons that people share and see if the research actually backs it up. So popular theory number one, (laughs) dairy causes inflammation, which then impacts hormone health and fertility. But does dairy actually cause inflammation? So there have been many studies that actually show the opposite of this. They show that dairy does not in itself have an inflammatory effect on the body, unless someone has a lactose intolerance or dairy allergy. There has also been some research to indicate that fermented dairy foods, such as yogurt, even have an anti-inflammatory effect on the body, and that dairy foods may help decrease inflammation 
in those with metabolic conditions such as diabetes. From a physiological standpoint, though, if someone already has inflammation from something such as a pathogen or a parasite, it may be possible that the short-chain fatty acids in dairy could exacerbate and worsen this inflammation, which is why it's super important to make sure that we are addressing any issues of inflammation at the root cause, rather than just blindly cutting out foods and hoping for the best. Popular theory number two, artificial growth hormones and estrogen are affecting your body's estrogen production. So the research is not as robust in this area as it is for something like inflammation. The main consensus, though, is that estrogen in dairy products and sex hormones found in dairy products are generally too low to have an impact in humans. There has also been concern for a long time about RBST, or recombinant bovine somatotropin, previously called bovine growth hormone. While there is, again, limited research on this, there hasn't been shown to be concern for this. That being said, many farms actually stopped using it due to customer concern. If you are concerned, many dairy products will be labeled RBST-free, but they will also have to have a disclaimer that says no significant difference has been shown between milk derived from RBST-treated cows and non-RBST-treated cows because no significant difference has been shown. Number three, milk contains antibiotics that will negatively impact the microbiome. Okay, so milk is tested for antibiotics so that they are not passed through. There is also required to be a withdrawal period after antibiotics are given so that they do not end up in our dairy products. I think it's important that this is known and understood. I also think it's really necessary to understand why antibiotics are given to cattle. It's to control, treat, and prevent diseases, just like we might with humans. And absolutely, rules and regulations around antibiotics should be followed when it comes to agriculture in general. One research review from multiple countries in 2019 showed that there were some antibiotic residues found in some dairy, but this depended on the procedures that were used, and in the U.S., there are incredibly strict guidelines on this sort of thing. The other concern that may come up around this, not as related to hormone health but still important, is that widespread use of antibiotics may affect antibiotic-resistant strains of bacteria, which, just like with humans, is a concern which is another reason why it's important that rules and regulations are considered and followed for antibiotic use in any agriculture, and again, also in humans. Of course, if you're concerned about antibiotics in dairy, you can choose to purchase organic dairy products for which antibiotics are not allowed. But again, I think it's important that we understand why we are making these decisions rather than just paying a super high dollar because someone told you to. Popular theory number four. Dairy depletes your magnesium, which can then negatively affect things like your pituitary and adrenal health and stress response. Okay, so calcium does increase the need for magnesium and high calcium and phosphorus intakes may worsen or precede some magnesium deficiency. However, we also consume much less magnesium than we need to and get a lot more phosphorus than we used to from things like highly processed foods and sodas. So I would personally argue that instead of ditching dairy, and all of the important nutrients that come from it, we maybe simply increase our magnesium intake and possibly decrease how much phosphorus we are getting from less nutrient-dense foods and drinks. Because calcium and magnesium do compete for absorption, you can always consume high magnesium foods at a time when you're not also consuming dairy products or other calcium foods for that matter. For example, maybe not eating pumpkin seeds or leafy greens 
at the same time as eating yogurt. Both calcium and magnesium are necessary for healthy hormones, fertility, and pregnancy, and complications like this typically don't arise unless someone is eating or supplementing with extreme amounts. Popular theory number five, those with PCOS should not consume dairy. So the concern for dairy with PCOS largely comes from the same concern for inflammation because PCOS can be a pro-inflammatory state. While I think that we certainly need more research on this, one review of the literature showed that dairy may actually have a beneficial effect on PCOS and in particular the concern for insulin resistance in PCOS. Specifically, the intake of yogurt, which we also know provides healthy probiotics for overall health, hormone health, gut health, and PCOS. That being said, we also know that excessive saturated fat intake can be associated with worsening insulin resistance and inflammation, which is why I think it's important to consider the whole diet when we talk about something like this. Saturated fat is high in our animal products such as red meats and dairy foods, as well as coconut oil. So when we talk about saturated fat, we need to look at the person's whole diet. If you are eating tons of fruits and veggies, mono and polyunsaturated fats, nuts, seeds, whole grains, and all these other things, and then on occasion eat red meat or other high fat meats and include dairy in your diet, that is providing much less saturated fat than say a diet that consists of red meat and potatoes cooked in butter every single meal. Yeah? So before you completely ditch dairy because you're worried about the fat, or the possible inflammation, it might be worth it to look at everything else you're eating and see how and if it fits in. Popular question number six, what about endometriosis though? Well, there isn't nearly enough research on this, but as a reminder, endometriosis in simple form is when endometrial tissues are found outside of the uterus, but still go through a normal menstrual cycle and can cause incredible pain and scar tissue buildup. Endometriosis is also considered an inflammatory state. But one large prospective study did find that dairy products may actually be beneficial and protective against endometriosis. Popular question number seven. So then what about dairy for fertility? It does actually appear that dairy could have a beneficial effect on female fertility. In fact, one study showed that full fat dairy intakes were associated with decreased risk for ovulatory infertility. Overall though, the current information we have doesn't show that dairy has a huge effect on fertility outcomes one way or the other. I do, however, think that dairy products can provide a number of incredibly important nutrients and pack a big punch when it comes to their nutrient profile. And as we talked about before, provide so many of the necessary nutrients that we need for general fertility and hormone health. So what about plant-based milks? Are they the same as cow's milk? No, they just aren't. They have a completely different nutrient profile and do not provide all the same beneficial vitamins, minerals, or protein. Do I think there is a place for plant-based milks? Sure. I personally love almond milk. Is one plant-based or cow's milk superior than the other? It depends on your goals. For example, if you're trying to increase your protein intakes, then almond milk is not going to do that for you. Soy milk is probably going to be your closest bet, but it's still not going to provide quite as much as cow's milk. Consuming dairy products is going to come down to what suits you and your goals the best. I'm not saying that if you hate milk or you are vegan or vegetarian or avoid dairy products for personal, ethical, or whatever reasons that you need to start drinking it. I do believe that you can support the body through healthy nutrition with other foods that provide these same nutrients. 
I'm also not saying that you need to consume six servings of dairy a day to be healthy, but I do believe that dairy products, when you enjoy consuming them, can be part of a hormone healthy diet. And I don't think that dairy products should be demonized the way that they sometimes are. If you were concerned about potential concerns with dairy and inflammation, it could be helpful to do a trial removal. However, as I mentioned before, it's really important to identify the root cause of inflammation so that you can work on healing that before you end up cutting everything out of your diet. Because elimination diets, my friend, are a slippery slope. The goal, in my opinion, and for my clients, is always to have the most variable and diverse diet possible. Because we know that having a diverse diet is one of the most beneficial things you can do for overall health and wellness and hormone health and fertility, but also for personal happiness and enjoyment. Food is meant to be enjoyed. It's meant to be a happy part of our days. It's not something that's supposed to be stressful or eliminated. So trial runs of elimination diets can be helpful as long as we know what the end goal is. And as long as you're working with a professional who knows how to support you through this. And I'm not saying that every person is going to tolerate all foods the same way. That's just not true. That's why personalization, I know you've heard me say it so much this season, is vital. But bottom line, is dairy a superfood that's going to fix every single problem with your hormone health? No. But is dairy the villain that people make it out to be? Also, no. We have to stop thinking about foods in black and white because that's not how food works. Food is food. If five people out of 100 can't tolerate dairy, does that mean that the other 95 should automatically avoid it the rest of their lives? Of course not. Not to mention, our hormones are complex. Chances are low that one food is messing them all up. Okay, but I digress, and I will take a small step off my soapbox now. Let's talk about a few things you can do to possibly tolerate dairy better if you are one of the people who maybe has a hard time with it. So, If you have a lactose intolerance, I would try lactose-free or very low lactose options. Hard cheeses, some yogurts or kefirs, and brands that make products lactose-free are all good places to start. Choosing dairy products that are lower in added sugar can also help. This especially applies to dairy foods like yogurt that tend to have a lot of added sugar in them. If you are looking at ice cream that is lower in added sugar, be really careful not to end up with one that has tons of sugar alcohols in it such as malodol and erythritol. Sometimes when they try to take some of the added sugar out of ice cream, they just put a ton of these in, and these sugar alcohols in really high amounts can cause some pretty uncomfortable tummy issues. If you feel like dairy is causing acne, it might be worth it to try switching to full-fat dairy products while still being mindful of how much you're eating and see if that helps as low-fat and fat-free dairy products have actually been more associated with acne than their full-fat counterparts. And last, some people may tolerate something called A2 milk better than regular milk. Generally, milk has both A1 and A2 proteins, which are types of beta casein proteins, and this A2 milk comes from cows that are not bred to produce A1 milk. While further research is absolutely needed, there have been some indications that people who are not able to tolerate the A1 protein may be able to tolerate the A2 better, and this milk could be a better option for them. However, it's important to note that A2 milk still has the same amount of lactose as regular milk and is also not appropriate for those who have a milk protein allergy. Okay, are we having fun yet? Let's wrap up with a tight five on our dairy hormone health and fertility. So one, dairy products can be a part of a hormone healthy diet, okay? Two, full fat dairy may be beneficial for fertility. 
Three, when consuming full-fat dairy, it's important to look at the entire diet and be aware of everything you're eating and the amounts of saturated fat consumed. Four, dairy could be beneficial for PCOS and endometriosis. Further research is still needed. Five, there are different options if you aren't able to tolerate dairy or simply choose not to consume it, and we can still make sure that you are getting all of the nutrition that you need to support happy, healthy hormones and a current and future fertility. And with that, I hope y'all enjoy a nice week, maybe eat some yogurt, cheese, and happy hormones.